dropped this month, C'est La Vie, the name of the track is New Birth in New England, and uh, I had a pretty surreal experience, uh, it's been probably four or five years ago, uh, to a phosphorescent album, and ever since I've been a huge fan, and he's coming to St. Louis this month to the Ready Room, I believe it's like November 22nd or 23rd, should be a great show, I'm super excited about it, Sorry, that was my rejoin, uh, you didn't miss anything except for a little phosphorescent. That's oh, all. Oh, man. Well, Craig? it just happens that way. Are you, going to, are you going to see some Smashing Pumpkins December 1st? You I know, am. I need to grab that ticket. Uh, I am definitely going. Billy Corgan looked good. The only thing is Darcy's not going to be there. Yeah, I know. That's a bummer. They're calling it original members, but Darcy's. Was like, that I the guy never... with the, the big black contacts? Wait, that was Darcy? a Limbiscuit. That was West Borland of Limbiscuit. Yeah. I'm Dar- getting all of them mixed Dar- up. Darcy is a <laughs> girl, not even a unisex way name. <laughs> way off. Don't act like you Darcy was Billy Corgan's love interest. For the longest time, right? Like they no, had, she was married. She got married like early, okay. early nineties. Doesn't make him not interested. Yeah, him, this oh is yeah. topical, dude. She was, <laughs> yeah. So the right twenty-one pilot show is gonna be really good. I'm trying. I'm trying to sleep. Cue up some twenty-one. I actually pilots. do love. I do love Guns for Hands. That is a solid little track. Thank you. I saw them at Thank Wonka you. And, uh, this new cool. CD though, it's like a whole like uh, it's a whole theme CD. And it's kind of dark, a little twisty. Real dark. It's about depression. And it's like, I just got, there's all these secret meetings and all the videos. And I'm like, I ain't got no time for it. You know, I got no time for that anymore, guys. I can't do it anymore. Can somebody give me a G chord in the campfire? (laughs) (laughs) Steve, Steve, first off, I will acknowledge that Steve around the campfire is... It's it's Magic. golden. It's some it's some of my favorite times have been mm-hmm. next to this guy with an acoustic guitar mm-hmm. singing every three chord progression he could possibly <laughs> think of. Uh, guys, um, Steve, did you find anything out there in the break? Yeah, We're, oh, Irvin's calling in. Don't uh, count on me, guys. Wait, don't count Wait. on. Okay, Let's... count on me, guys. Count on me, guys. <laughs> count on him, guys. guys. So talk to me a little bit about uh, your show, Sam, while we're waiting on Irvin to call in. Do you uh, always – that was just a Halloween costume, though. You don't always dress up. And no, I don't, we don't always dress up. You, did you get a better reaction since you are dressed up? They, like, they, they appreciate the sideburns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> it was good. They like the, – <laughs> no, it was good. People enjoyed it. They, they liked the nod to the, the movie uh, – we were hoping more people would also come out dressed up, but no one else did. What's your best joke going right now? Say it right now. My best joke going What's your right now. Best joke. I think the real issue is Waldo, and I just don't say anything <laughs> for like thirty seconds, and people just stand, just sit there, <laughs> and then everybody's just about giving up on me. Is that he's always the least interesting thing happening on that page? That's true. You know, it's like it's a cartoon book, eighty pages, just cartoon women and There's wizards on the beach and a wizards. foolish guy in a striped shirt. Yeah, you want me to find the dork in the red and white sweater? <laughs> I don't like that, man. <laughs> I like that. Nice sweater, Waldo. Where'd you get it? Your mom knitted it after she named you Waldo, you virgin. <laughs> I just brag on you. Hey, Waldo, 
No wonder you got lost. No one cares to find you. I hate Waldo. Wow. I really Does hate Waldo, Waldo have a last name? Uh, Wallowitz. Waldo Wallowitz. Deceased, hopefully. Oh, guys. Murdering him. We have our guest. We have Irvin Rosenfeld on the line, I believe. We're going to go to him right now. Irvin, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great this evening. How about y'all? We are doing fantastic. Uh, we've uh, Steve and I are uh, fairly involved with the Missouri Medical Cannabis Conference. We understand you're going to come and uh, speak to folks. And uh, but uh, but first, yeah. why don't you just kind of let uh, let everybody know a little bit about yourself? What, what's what's your story in a nutshell? All right, uh, I discovered uh, cannabis uh, quite by accident in 1971 at college when I was 18 and a half, and I found it to be a better medicine than the narcotics I was getting for a severe bone disorder that I have, which is bone tumors all throughout my body. I was diagnosed at age 10 and told I might not outlive my teenage years, had numerous operations, all the narcotics and everything I took, and then when I discovered marijuana that was better than all the narcotics, I decided, well, the federal government had a farm in Mississippi since 1968, and this was 1971, before people knew about all this. My family's in medicine, from Johns Hopkins to Yale to Duke, and when we researched it and found that it was a, you know, a medicine in this country legally from, 18, from 1850 to 1937, used for many different disorders and prevalently for muscle relaxant, anti-inflammatory, and for pain, which was exactly what it was doing for me, I decided to take on the United States federal government because I was not a criminal. I did not want to be arrested for using an illegal substance when here my doctor gave me morphine, but he couldn't give me marijuana. Didn't make sense to me. So I went back to my home state of Virginia from college in Miami, and I took on the United States federal government starting at age 20, which is very difficult to do back in 1973. But I did that, and it took me 10 years, and I won. And I became the second patient in the United States to receive medical cannabis, medical marijuana, from the United States federal government by prescription, not a recommendation or whatever it is, you know, that's, that the, the state's passed, but this was actual prescription. And so I became, at the point, the second patient in the country to receive a half a pound of marijuana a month, uh, paid for by our tax money, supplied by the United States federal government by prescription, which called for 10 medical marijuana cigarettes per day. Mm. And I get no euphoric effect from marijuana, I never have, but it serves those purposes for me. So I was able to come off heavy narcotics, uh, such as morphine and, and, and drugs like that, by the use of medical cannabis. And the United States federal government's been supplying me a half a pound a month for over almost 37 years. Wow. Now, are, they supplying, to, are they supplying you with the stuff from Mississippi? Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Very Which, good. As I, as I say, it's, it's adequate. Okay. It, the government doesn't believe that marijuana is that, that needed medicine, so therefore they don't grow it as well as they could have or they could but it's, it, works, it works well for me. It serves as a muscle relaxant, anti-inflammatory for pain. Plus, another benefit is I have not had a tumor grow since I was 20 years old. Wow. Now, these bone tumors I have, I have over 200 tumors in my body, and I'm told that they can grow at any time, and I can develop new ones at any time. And I've not had a new one develop or an existing one grow since I was 20, and I'm 65 years old. That is incredible. And the doctors, <laughs> doctors have no idea why. No, no why? It's the cannabis. Now, Irvin, when, when you said you're a 20-year-old man taking on the federal government, what does that look like a little bit? Yeah. Do you have to go through their doctors to try and prove your case? Are you, are you showing them case studies? How, how does that work? How do you convince them uh, that, that this is working for you? I know that's probably a long story, but well, well, in one sentence, I wrote up my own research project with myself as the patient and my doctor as the researcher. And that's what I lobbied with the federal government for five years. 
I got nowhere with the government. Then I met Robert Randall, the first patient in the country who got it for glaucoma in 1976. And we turned around my study to what's called, what's called back then a compassionate care investigational new drug program. And then I lobbied the federal government for another five years, FDA, DEA, and NIDA. Uh, NIDA being the organization that grows and supplies the National Institute of Drug Abuse. FDA, you all know what it means, and DEA, I'm sure you know what it means. And with the help of the state of Virginia, with the uh, state police, University of Virginia Law School behind me, we were able to hold hearings or get FDA to hold hearings for me in 1982. And I won those hearings at FDA in Rockville, Maryland. So that's when I became the second patient. And that's when Bob Randall, who was the first patient, and I were the only two people in the country legally allowed to possess marijuana by prescription. And that's when we decided we were going to teach the entire world what we knew about the medical aspects of it. And so that's what we set out to do. And that's why I'm coming to Missouri next weekend. We are so excited to to have you. Yeah, to be able to, you know, explain to people that, you know, this is a needed medicine. This is is not, uh, you know, this is not the hysteria that people make it out to be. Okay, it's not. I mean, it's a needed medicine, and it'll take people off of opiates. Or Like with, with me, the reason it was approved by the federal government was an enhancement to the morphine I took. I mean, it enhanced the use of the other medicines. It made them, the other medicine work better, last longer, and you could take less. And so that's really the case with a lot of opiates is with, you know, a lot of pain patients especially, that, you know, I'm not saying that, that cannabis is going to get you completely off opiates. What I'm saying is the use of cannabis along with the opiates is going to make the opiates last longer, and you're going to take less. And, and that's, that's, that's what's happened with me. And I mean, I haven't taken any morphine since 1990 because of the cannabis. Uh, that's, that's unreal. Now, how the, the Schedule One ruling that the federal government has on it, they've pretty much said that that's not true in your case. How does it still continue to be a Schedule One? Because the federal government says it has no medical aspect or no medical value. And even though that my doctors and I have put reports in every six months for 37 years, the federal government has never looked at any of those research reports. Meaning the fact that I want it, the government doesn't care, meaning they were, they were stuck in giving it to me. And so they can't take it away from me, but they don't have to recognize that it's a medicine. So therefore, I'm sorry to say what? that they've not utilized any of my reports. And I've been doing it for 37 years, and that's the sad part about this. So they just turn a because blind I've been eye. Very public. They turn a blind eye, correctly, which is really, really sad because, you know, I'm living proof that it works. I mean, here I've been, you know, with a severe bone disorder that you know, could have killed me, and, and they thought was going to. And, and, and as far as, you know, use of it, I, I smoke 10 a day. I get no euphoric effect. I'm able to operate dangerous machinery, i.e. drive. I'm a stockbroker here in, in, uh, in Florida. And I, I handle a lot of money on a daily basis and have for 31 years as far as a stockbroker. And the point is, I'm a very good example of a productive member of society that happens to use marijuana for my bone disorder. So you would think that the federal government would want to study me. You would think that. But they haven't. So it's, it's, sad, it's sad, but it's the way it is. But things are changing. I mean, thank God with what's happening I mean, all these decades where I've spoken at all the different state capitals and helped the different states pass laws, because the federal government shut my program down in, 80, in 90, uh, 93, 92, excuse me, 92. And at that point, no one could get under the federal program. We were grandfathered in 13 of us. Today, there are two of us left alive in the United States that get received medicine by the federal government, by prescription, only two of us. But the point is, is that once the government shut down the federal program, 
that took away everyone's hope in the country. Nobody else could get on the federal program, and, 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 and George Bush Sr. shut the program down, which, you know, I was against, but anyway, he did it. And so that's when we started doing states. So California being the first state that we got passed in 96, and now ever since 96, we've worked with other states, and we've, you know, 29 states have come through. And I'm hoping that I can come out to Missouri. I've been to Missouri before. I went to the University of Missouri in uh, like 2004 and spoke out there then. And I'm anxious to come out there again because the point is we need medicine in the hands of physicians to be able to give to the patients because the patients need this. And, again, you know, when you've got a devastating disorder like I do, there's only two things you can hope for. Number one, the best medicine possible. That's what I strove for. And the second thing is a caring physician. There are two things you can only hope for. I mean, if you've got a devastating disorder, that's the best you're going to do. So, therefore, it gives patients hope. Don't take away their hope because this is not a, a situation that's criminal. This is a situation that's medical. And that's why I want to come out there and point that out. Uh, no, that's incredible. And now, can you uh, consume anywhere? Are you allowed to consume it outside of a police station, you know, if you want to? Or are they saying, <laughs> hey, buddy, you got to yeah. do that? Yeah, and it's put this way. In 92 or 91, DEA wanted me to uh, wanted to pass a ruling that only federal patients could smoke in their house. And the other federal patients, there were 13 of us at the time, the other 12 didn't work. So it wasn't that difficult oh, for them. Geez. It was something like that. Okay. Well, I was a stockbroker. Yeah, sure. Okay, I got to get in the car. I got to drive to work. I got to work. Hey, guys, I got to run eight, home eight, real eight, quick. Nine, I'll see you in a minute. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, so... That just wasn't going to work. So what DEA and I came up with, and again, it's not in writing. It was nothing that I ever signed. But the agreement I made with DEA is that I would never smoke my medicine or light up my medicine. I would only do it where cigarette smoking is allowed. Okay. Okay. So therefore, therefore, if you can light up a cigarette in front of a police station, therefore, I'm allowed to light up my medical cannabis in front of a police station. I've done that many times. All right. Let's stick it to the man next time you're here, baby. (laughs) Well, the point is, the point is, you know, I'm not doing it to rub it in their faces. Okay. That's not the point. The point is to prove to them that I'm a law-abiding citizen that's taking his medicine. For sure. What's the difference between, what's the difference between me taking my medicine or someone who has to take insulin? Sure. You're right. Okay. What's what's the difference? It's a medicine. It's a prescription. It's that simple. Now, so, therefore, when I come out to Missouri, I'm going to have a tin can with me. Now, the tin can will have almost 300 joints in the tin can, which is what I get per month. And I'll have a tin can with me, which has all the government labels on there. They'll have my prescription on there. And, and of course, the, the funny thing is when I leave Fort Lauderdale, because that's where I live, I, I, uh, for the last oh, 12 years, I always contact the Fort Lauderdale police. And they send me a nice letter saying, you know, on their letterhead, Saying, have a safe trip, you know, and everything else, and <laughs> the people in Fort Lauderdale know. And I carry that letter because when I fly out of, of St. Louis, I want to make sure I don't have a problem in St. Louis. And wow. so if you've got a letter from, from the police department of Fort Lauderdale saying, you know, we know you're leaving, we've got the prescription, have a safe trip. You know, I can show them that letter if, God forbid, it happens. Wow. So, oh, wow. And but now- the point is, with, with, the, you know, with the Internet now, thank God, I mean, all you got to do is Google me. I mean, if you Google me, you'll pull up a thousand articles on me, plus documentaries with pictures and that I've won enemies and things like that. So the point is, this is real. And that's why I want to come out there to show that the proof is that I'm a real person. And cannabis works for me. It works very well for me. And it works for a lot of people. So take the crime away from patients. We're patients. We're not criminals. Agreed. What is, what's the law like in uh, Florida right now? 
Well, the law in Florida, we did pass a law, and it stated we weren't going to pass it to where a doctor would be able to recommend uh, uh, cannabis in any form that the doctor and the patient thought was necessary, meaning in edible form, in vape form, in oil, in flour. Have you found, do any of those work better? Can you even try those, or are you limited to what the government gives you? No, I'm limited to what the government gives me because I'd rather have a federal prescription that's legally allowed in 50 states than a recommendation from Florida wow. that's only allowed in Florida. You can't even so and, you and, can't and what, test terpenes or any of the possible further medicinal because we've seen the pictures of the stuff from Mississippi and it's not the best looking in the world. Well, the point the point is when when you make oil, you strip out all the terpenes to begin with, mm-hmm. and so what what the uh, legislature did in Florida is they said that they weren't going to allow smoking for them. So that's in the in the courts right now. So therefore, in Florida, you're not allowed to light up a, a joint, okay, or light up flour, you know, or, or bud or whatever. You're not allowed to do that in Florida, which is really kind of wrong because that's the best way to titrate it, especially with senior citizens, you know, who are inexperienced. Sure. You know, we don't want them using edibles and things like that where they could come all so strong and they think they're going to die and go to the emergency room. Next thing you know, you hear about people, you know, using marijuana and going to the emergency room. Because they did too much edibles, you know, because people just don't understand. Yeah, edibles so are weird we like need... that. <laughs> My grandma well, made a mean can... batch of brownies. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> well, it, it, can, it can happen. And the point is, is people that aren't knowledgeable can think that they're not getting the benefit from the medicine, and they do too much. And then all sure. of a sudden, you know, the second one, the third one hits them all at the same time, and they think they're going to die. I mean, you're not going to die off marijuana. No one's ever died off marijuana before, but people who aren't inexperienced don't understand that. Sure. And so, therefore, therefore, what you want to do is educate and educate and educate and make them a consumer that knows what they're doing. And that, that works out has to be with, you know, with doctors to teach them because, you know, right now, very few medical schools are teaching this. I mean, you know, when I, I speak publicly, and I'll say it when I'm in Missouri, is that, you know, I ask the crowd, how, how many people have heard of endorphins? Sure. And most people in the crowd raise their hand now. And I point out that 40 years ago, nobody would have raised their hand because they weren't teaching yet in medical schools. Right. So then I ask, how many people know about the endocannabinoid system? Very few people raise their hand because they don't understand the endocannabinoid system, which is natural to our body. Yep. We can produce our own, our own cannabis in our body naturally. I mean, the first cannabis that a baby gets is from their mother's milk. And they don't know that. 30, 40 years from now, everybody's going to raise their hand. And because, of course, we've heard of the endocannabinoid system. Everybody has because they'll be teaching it finally in medical schools. So this was something that I discovered quite by accident in 1971, which is 40, what, 47 years ago. And, and I pursued it, and I won. And now I've been educating the public all these decades and all these years as someone that can stand up and say, I use this, and I don't have to worry about me being fired or losing my job like other people who stand up and might say that because they could lose their job. And I'm in a position where I'm not. The federal government knows what I do. The brokerage industry knows what I do, and there's no problem with any of it because it's a prescribed medicine. Oh, that's and that's why I think most people should get it. That's so huge to. I mean, we, we need your voice out there. We need people that it's working for uh, validating the science. We, Steve, and I try to have a uh, a doctor or a professor on here as frequently as possible to to give us that side of cannabis. We or a Wall have, Street broker. We actually have three uh, competing measures on Missouri's ballot this year, which is kind of an interesting uh, ordeal. There's anytime there's politics involved, um, but but the one that we we favor uh, actually does allow for several ailments ailments that are outlined, but. It also gives the the doctor to recommend as they see fit, which I think is the most important 
thing that you can ask for in a cannabis in a medical cannabis bill because um, it's it's kind of proven to treat so many different ailments. It's changing. Uh, um, do you since your your case is kind of different from everybody else? Do you believe that it's important for states to pass a legal or put together a legal framework for the medical side of things before going to like a full rec state? It's easier to go from step one to step two. Sure. It's easier. But what people don't understand, and they can say, well, under, you, know, you know this, it's like I just mentioned. We all have an endocannabinoid system naturally in our body. From 1850 to 1937, cannabis was in our foods and in our medicines. Most medicines had it in there, mostly in tincture form, Merck, Eli Lilly, Squibb, all the major pharmaceutical companies. But the point was we do not produce enough natural cannabis ourselves, just like a lot of people don't produce enough insulin. So what do they have to do? They have to take insulin outside the body, i.e. a shot, and give insulin. Well, back from 1850 to 1937, we were getting it in our body, foods, medicines, and so therefore, we didn't have the body attacking itself. Once they took it out of our body in 1937, that's when we started getting all the autoimmune diseases, lupus, Crohn's, MS. The body started attacking itself. So in reality, all use of cannabis is medical. We need everybody to use, we need everybody to use this. Everybody in this country needs cannabis. They don't understand the endocannabinoid system. Every animal has one. They don't understand it. So it's very difficult to try to educate people, you know, medically speaking, you know, as far as, you know, and social and then social use. And again, I don't like the word legalization. Sure. I don't like the word um, recreational. What the term I like is adult use. Because we do not want children to use this. We don't want anybody in their formative years to use this. We don't know. I mean, we don't, I'm not sure. Because the United States hasn't been able to do studies. We're not sure what it does to people. Because the United States hasn't allowed studying to do, to do this. Right. So, therefore, we want only adult use. People out of their formative years. Now, that being said, let's say you have a 7-year-old that's an epileptic. And you try the CBD, which is non-psychoactive, you know, and which is politicians are, you know, throwing about, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, figgies, whatever, uh, you know, in Colorado, whatever, you know, um, the different CBD, which is cannabidiode, which is non-psychoactive. The problem is they don't realize that without THC, CBD doesn't work as well. Israel has 12 different strains of 12 different varieties of CBD with THC in different formats. Because the point is, when they talk about a, say, a seven-year-old having seizures, well, every seizure can kill brain cells, and it can kill the patient. Well, you know, if we have to give them a CBD with THC, and God forbid the child gets a little euphoric, which to me, euphoria is, is not a bad word, you know? Mm-hmm. You feel better, especially if you're sick. But, you know, the point is, I'd rather have a child that survives. And at age 26, if the opposition's right, let's say the opposition's right, which I'm not agreeing they are, but let's just say they're right, and IQ is less. So at 26, that child survived to 26, and their IQ is 105. But, you know, without the marijuana, it might have been 110. But without the marijuana, that child could have died at age 8. Sure. Okay? So all I care about is the patient. That's all I care about. So I want what's best for the patient. And what's down the road 20 years from now, I don't care. I want them to live that long they will survive. Then we'll worry about it. Absolutely. Irvin, you got Once us all fired up Once here. I cannot wait to hear you at the, at the conference. It's going to be awesome. I know you wrote a book called uh, My Medicine, correct? Yes. Uh, where, uh, we were My wor- Medicine. 
We're up against yep. a break no, can... here. We were hoping you could leave us you with might. some uh, parting words. Tell us where we can find you, um, where we can find out the information. We heard we can Google you. But, uh, you know, tell us what uh, what's going on, and uh, it's been awesome having you. Well, again, I appreciate that. And my book is at, at mymedicinethebook.com is the website where you can order the book, and you get signed copies. And also, everybody come out and hear me speak, you know, next weekend, you know, in uh, St. Charles. And you can tell them because where it's going to be. Because actually, I don't have it, you know, written down right now. He never sent it to me. Embassy but Suites, I do know I'm flying St. Out Charles. Embassy Suites, St. I'll Charles. give you a ride so too if you need one. <laughs> we'll be picking you. Fair up. enough. He's be a show I got a Volkswagen. <laughs> be all right. Okay. Well, I need somebody to pick me up at the airport when we come in on Friday. We got you. So uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he's going to arrange that. But yeah, as long as I can especially light up because Embassy Suites is going to be a problem. I can't light up in the hotel. And and there's a big problem that I've learned is it's going to be cold there. Oh yeah, a little chilly. And I'm not, and I'm not used to that here in Florida. <laughs> okay, so, I got seat warmers, <laughs> baby. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Irvin. Thank I'm you for joining us. We can't wait. We to cannot have wait, you man. Thank you so Medical much. Cannabis Comp- at the Missouri Medical Cannabis Conference, MoCanacon.com. Irvin Rosenfeld. Thank you again, guys. Come out, check out his story next weekend. This uh, second hour is brought to you by Lifetime Roofing and Roof? Renovation. Uh, Google them. Lifetime Roofing and Renovation, 314-800-0426, LifetimeSTL.com. They make this second hour possible. Thank you again, Urban. We're going to jump to break on the other side. Steve's getting out of here. He's going to go check out the uh, Venti Uno oh, yeah, pilots. And uh, Seth, I think, is going to tell us a little bit of story on the other side of the break. This is Hoosier Sophisticate on WGNU920AM.com. The good people of St. Louis City can be quite sophisticated. The sin of my ingratitude even now was heavy on me. Thou art so far before that swiftest wing of recompense is slow to overtake thee. And at other times, pretty Hoosier as well. I tried this one chili and it set my mouth on fire and I had to drink a two-liter of Mountain Dew. Hoosier Sophisticate with Craig Kohler and Stephen Elgin. Fridays from 6 to 8 p.m. on WGNU 920, 106.9 and streaming live at WGNU920AM.com. Hi, I'm Jay Ashcroft. Here at the Secretary of State's office, we take the integrity of our elections seriously. Missourians agreed and passed Constitutional Amendment 6. Missouri's new photo ID law is now in effect. Have questions about the new voter ID law or need to register to vote? We're here to help. Visit showittovote.com or call 866-868-3245. Remember, if you're registered to vote, you can vote. Sponsored by the Missouri Secretary of State's office. Hi, I'm Blake with Missouri Medical Cannabis Company. We provide high-quality hemp oil with CBD. Canada Dial is changing people's lives every single day. If you're looking for premium-quality CBD, check us out at momedcanco.com. Try out our 250-milligram blended bottles from just 22 bucks, or the 500 milligrams from 40 or even the 1000 from just $49.99. If you don't like the taste of oil, try our capsules. Get 30 60-milligram capsules for only 60 bucks. You need something for your pet? Check out our line of pet products online now at momedcanco.com. And as always, we have free shipping to all 50 states. So go now to momedcanco.com. 
Financial advice you can understand on the Dave Ramsey Show. What is the definition of a millionaire? Well, the definition of a millionaire is someone with a million dollar, a one million dollar or greater net worth. Net worth is defined as what you own minus what you owe. If you sold everything off, paid all your debts, would there be a million dollars or more in a pile? What you own minus what you owe, your assets minus your liabilities. When that equals a million dollars, you're a millionaire. The Dave Ramsey Show, weekdays at 1 p.m. right here on WGNU. Hey Hoosiers, Craig Kohler here. With home buying season heating up, be sure to get a quote from a top agency and provider of the number one home insurer in North America. They offer coverage that's second to none. In fact, if your AC goes out, they offer a new endorsement where you can get a replacement from a local HVAC company. Give them a call, 314-961-4800. If you get a machine and you don't talk to a person, we'll give you one of these fine Hoosier sophisticated tees. Just takes one phone call or apply online at carltoninsurance.net. People do business with James because they like and trust him. Just check them out on Google and Facebook. If your insurance is costing you a leg and an arm, then call James Carlton State Farm. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. Pain can be unrelenting, overwhelming, and all-consuming. So why do so many of us try to manage pain only from the palm of our hands? Doctor-prescribed opioids are appropriate in some cases, but they just mask the pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives, like physical therapy, to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. And by increasing physical activity, you can also reduce your risk of other chronic diseases. Pain is personal, but treating pain takes teamwork. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose more movement and better health. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. This message is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association. Roof, roof. You know what that sound is. That's Rufus the Roofing Dog from Lifetime Roofing and Renovation. They're former insurance adjusters. They will fly a drone over your house to check to see if you've had any hail damage. Heck, they'll get up there and tell you themselves. They have an office in Webster Groves, and they're looking to help you out. Lifetime Roofing and Renovation, 314-800-0426. Give them a call. Find them online at lifetimestl.com. Hey there, sophisticated Hoosiers. Have you been to our website? Visit HoosierSophisticate.com and listen to our uncensored podcast. Share some laughs with us. Send us fan mail so we can feel warm and special. Buy our merchandise so that we can eat. Wear your Hoosier Sophisticate t-shirt at social gatherings and let the women approach you. Wear it around the office and get that big promotion instead of Ted. That's right. Screw Ted. Ted sucks. That's HoosierSophisticate.com. It's just me and you, buddy. Yeah, this is weird. It is weird. That's Never done uh, this before. My morning jacket bringing us back from break with the lovely tune "Wordless Chorus," mm. and uh, it's just me and you, buddy. Let's have some fun. All right, I'm down. Uh, real quick, let's uh, let's let everybody know a couple things. Uh, right on. Just piggybacking off of the 
uh, conversation we had with Irvin Rosenfeld, who is a speaker at the Missouri Medical Cannabis Conference. Check out MoCanicon right there, MoCanicon.com. Uh, it's put on by Project422.org. Guys, we have an amazing lineup of speakers. There are still tickets available. It's next weekend. If you want to learn, if you want to get more quality content like that, he was so eloquent the way he spoke, a lot of great feedback from our fans on that interview. Um, there are almost 20 people that are going to be speaking at this event that are going to come with that kind of knowledge. Uh, so if you want to learn about cannabis, how it, how it works as a medicine, um, if you want to network with some industry people, Steve and I have people kind of all the time reaching out to us from a corporate world, um, knowing that we are interviewing a lot of these people in the cannabis world, and they don't necessarily want to attach their name to it. Uh, so they, they look for us to kind of maybe make a go to Maybe they want to be a silent investor. Maybe they agree with it, but they're afraid of how the public might react to it. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there. So that second day is all industry knowledge, man. It's like nine to seven uh, of people that work in the industry, professors with some science to back it up. You guys will really get a lot of bang for your buck if you come out to that conference next weekend. Uh, and next week, uh, to plug it one more time, we are going to uh, three hours, I believe, from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock, right? We're going that way? Yep. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Ooh, not sure baby. what that had to do with anything, I but that's all right. I like it. No, you can <laughs> quote Tombstone. I'm not in there right Tombstone now. whenever. Uh, that, you can always do that. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do three hours. We're going to have some fun. A little spooktacular. Yeah, the Hoosier Sophisticate Halloween spooktacular. That, I'm, I'm super really excited, excited about yeah. that. I think I'm going to dress up. Do you know what you're going to do? As far as a costume goes, Craig? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, Miss and I have a have a couple's costume this year that's going to be pretty cool. Now, how easy it's going to be able to get in and out of it, you know, as far as uh, how many nights I'm going to be able to, to do all the makeup and everything, I'm not so sure. But uh, I'll always have hmm. a little backup plan. I'll probably wear something in here. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to do something ghoulish. I was going to go as Glenn Danzig, but then I remember I got facial hair, man. Yeah. You can't be a bearded Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig. I don't to shave it either. Yeah. Well, you yeah. could, well, I think you ought to maybe think about it. Well, I got a few ideas. Cool. I'm super excited about it. But yeah, we're going to do the uh, three hour show. We're going to break down some horror movies. I got a, I'm going to have a conversation sometime this week with uh, Dr. Michael Henry from the, the St. Charles Ghost Tours. Ooh. Paranormal expert, I think is his title. Cool. Sure. So, uh, pretty excited to talk to him. Uh, that should be. It should be fun. So, we're going to air that next week as well. And, uh, of course, uh, afterwards, I think we're going to. Go out to our new sponsor for a little after party. Yeah, we're going to go out to Parlor, have a good old time, um, try and have some people out there. Maybe we'll go out there in costume. It's always fun to go out in costume when other people aren't, aren't, aren't in costume either. Miss and I went to a birthday party back in, like, I don't know, it was probably March or something like that. It was a, this gal's birthday party. It was a costume party. We were roaming around Alton, Illinois, and all of us had just these totally random costumes on. And she was assigning accents and background to people so we were walking around in character it was pretty fun like to just kind of be in on our own That's little fun. inside joke yeah. it was awesome so what do you feel about leave, come together like butt <laughs> nice uh so how do you feel about people dress because it, it's like almost a pet peeve of mine people dressing up as things that aren't like halloweenish for halloween like i'm gonna be a cheerleader like what's that got to do with anything uh i mean i'm okay like, with at it at least zombify it i'm okay with it yeah i i do kind of miss the the be ghoulish a- aspect of, of Halloween. But I, I also appreciate a good, funny, topical costume. If it makes me laugh or offends other people. I'll, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm yeah. down with that. So. Are you a haunted house guy? Yeah, are you talking about? Well, well like, like the, you entertainment know, the, wise? Yeah, entertainment or? wise. Uh, it's been a while yeah. since I've been. I used to love it, man. Fright Fest at Six Flags. Taking the kids tomorrow. Oh, 
Taking the kids tomorrow to Fred's Fest. I've been sure, yeah. I've been working around the clock all month, and I was telling this today. I'm like, man, I cannot wait to get these kids out and just hang out at Fright Fest. It's going to be so much fun. I haven't been since I was a kid, but we loved Fright Fest. Yeah, I think we went every year. Maybe I don't know. We used to go down to uh, like the Darkness. There used to have like Terror Visions down there and uh, downtown, and and I used to always love that. And then uh, it's now it's like I believe it's Creepy World out there, but it used to be Silo X, and that was the jam when I was a kid too. But I haven't done it in a while. I, I do love that. Do you like a good scare, Matt? No, no, not your no. not your thing. You know, I don't I don't mind, but some people take it a little overboard. Oh, and sure. They're like, hey, bro, uh, that's a real chainsaw there, big guy. Yeah. You know, no thanks. You don't I, like to be spooked or or no. You don't like things that are, are frightening or, or startling or, or no. shudder some. No, imagine that. <laughs> are you a scary movie guy? You like scary movies at all? Not anymore. Really? Yeah. No, nah, not anymore. I used hmm. to. I, I like a nice psychological thriller. I don't so much watch too many horror. Yeah, Night Shyamalan anymore. type. The, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I am. A, I'm on the record a big fan of Stranger Things on Netflix, and that's not necessarily scary, but it's got that nice, it's got the paranormal, campy aspect. '80s yeah. uh, horror flick kind of feel to it. Uh, I love that show. What are the British ones that they do? It was. Um I would, but I love like Tales from the Crypt as a kid growing up. Uh huh. Creep show. Remember Creep show? Creep show was cool. I mean, that was before our time. Like I, I really enjoyed just that. before. And I'm a big fan of Black Mirror too. And I think that's as spooky as any show on TV. You know, so uh, Halloween, Horror man. Story. Oh, I love Halloween. American Horror Story right now. Apocalypse. I think we're. What, I haven't eight. watched those in a while. The first season really messed me up psychologically, and I never went back. Really? Yeah, that little girl messed, messed me up. Um, yeah, little, little kids can be spooky. I do. I do like Stephen King movies. Those are fun. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah, I think it? they're remaking Kucha. Yeah. Yeah. Do you watch the new one? Have you uh, I have not seen it. I've seen pictures of the clown, and I'm not. I, I don't think I would enjoy. I got, it. just based on. The I head. won the Dad of the Year award uh, when Steve and I were still in the basement. Landon came home, and he was like, "Dad, I want to watch the new It." And I go, "Dude, it ain't happening." It's your funeral. I'm like, dude, it ain't <laughs> happening. And he's like, "No, my buddies at school said it's not that big of a deal." And I want to watch, and I'm like, "All right, man, we can start it." 15 minutes into it, he looks at me. Or I, I, we hadn't been talking. I'm sitting in this chair, and I'm enthralled, right? I'm, I'm a little spooked at this point. He's sitting over in the corner over in this chair. I haven't heard him make a noise in forever. And I turn, and he is frozen in fear in the corner. And I was like, buddy, you want me to turn this off? And he's like, just, just nodding, just terrified. Yes. That's exactly what I did. I laughed like Vincent Price. But uh, yeah, it was a little spooky. I haven't watched it all the way through. It was it was good enough to scare me away. All right. Well, um, let's open up. Uh, let's talk to our listeners a little. I, I'm sure a lot of people out there are uh, anxious to get to know us a little better. So we're going to open up to a little listener Q and A as we talk. So throw yeah. us some random questions. Anything that comes to mind. Uh, yeah. As let's we get weird. further discuss some uh, classic horror movies. Yeah. Let's. Do, I, I'm, 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 I'm happy to. I'm happy to have a little Halloween convo. It's a. Uh, you only get so many weeks of this, you know. We're, I'm we we usually uh, we we got our Halloween decorations up right away, which I was thinking I had this little internal struggle because as much as I like to decorate for Halloween and have a spooky little house to go home to, typically we like to take the kids, meet up with some friends, and go trick or treat elsewhere. So it's kind of like lame to be all all like there's probably kids scout in the neighborhood like they got decorations because that's how I was when I was a kid. Do you leave the bowl of candy? I was like, they got, I probably will. I'll probably leave a little bowl of candy out there. I think we got some pretty trustworthy kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. We used to take our bikes over to the rich neighborhoods because they sure. gave out full-size oh, yeah. candy bars. Dude, oh, when you got a full-size yeah. candy bar, that was like, 
It was like finding the golden ticket, dude. It was like finding the Willy Wonka golden ticket. My grandma's neighborhood over by Crondelette over in Holly Hills, when I was a kid, man, they all did it up. And some of them had like little makeshift haunted houses and stuff. And at the end, you'd always get like a full-size Butterfinger. And I'm like, dude. Then you get the parents that hand out apples. I'm just Apple. waiting on these like neighbors that are handing out yeah. the LSD to the kids, <laughs> and like, where oh, yeah. are, the, are the the ecstasy or the edible? Now the new thing is, Trick watch treat. out! They're handing out these potent edibles. I'm like, you have any idea how much edibles cost? They're not giving them yeah. to your children. Yeah, and if you're gonna play a little prank on a kid like that, you're not even gonna be around when he's freaking out. That's right? Pointless. Exactly. You don't even know if he even ate. Exactly. You get it. I Maybe know, his dad. All the people you know, because the parents- door are forty. <laughs> Parents will rummage through their kids' candy sometime. Like, I need to check this out and maybe eat a few things. So uh, dad's probably like, oh, I know what this package is. Absolutely. You know, when, when one of our old hot seat questions, I, I don't think that I was uh, honest in my answer. Back in the day, we used to ask, uh, or for, you're, you used to ask, who was your first crush? And I got to thinking about celebrity this. Crush, yeah. Celebrity crush, right? And I, I, I think I took the cop out and. Actually, no, I didn't. I, I instead of Kelly Kapowski, I did answer, uh, uh, I think it was Leah Thompson from Howard the Duck. But if I'm being honest with myself. It was Elvira, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mistress of the Dark. Huh. I used to love watching her. I think that was the first time I saw booby tassels. Booby tassels. Yeah. That's a fun invention. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever that oh, was, yeah. That was a party oh, animal. That. Let's get them yeah. on the show. Let's do that. Right, yeah, Those things have been around a long time. Yeah, I think they've been around I think for there a little were while. Booby tassels, like probably in the old Western days when the. Does it take away from your show to ask you, like, what your favorite uh, horror movie is? Or do you have a favorite series or something like that? We are going to discuss that next week, but we can go ahead and talk a little now. Because I'll tell you right now, um, out of all seven movies, the first two are, I think, are two of my favorite horror movies. After that, it's just garbage. But those first two are my favorite, and that's Hellraiser 1 and 2. Oh, man, Pinhead was awesome. Oh, yeah. Pinhead was awesome. uh, Going into it, they think the movie's all about a guy with pins in his head that tortures people. And that's just like just one part of it. Sure. Yeah. You know, the the puzzle box and the whole story behind it and how you can use it in different ways and the the mental institution. And, oh, man, it's – have you seen Hellraiser? I have. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I like – I feel like it's a lost thing. I know people are – they're still making horror movies and everything. But there was something about horror movies in the eighties that, that were just they, they they knew how to do the score and the grainy footage was high quality footage. Yeah, so much away. I can't. Put I my agree. Finger on why? But I agree. Like you creepy. almost need it, it's like listening to music on vinyl versus a CD or something. You almost need that that warm little static underneath. A it, little you know? crickle crackle. Yeah, a little just crickle the crackle. right amount of just crickle crackle. Too on much the vinyl. is too much will ruin it. But yeah, yeah. too much you can if you can hear it over the music, and the, yeah. the snaps and the pops. But I there's know something who to be these said track for that. stars were in the 80s that would fall down 15 times I know. under the door. Try a hurdle. You know? Practice yeah. on hurdles, would you? <laughs> a little speed. Did okay. you have a did you have a was would you say Pinhead was your was your favorite uh scary movie villain? Actually, remember uh speaking of our first hot seat questions, that was one of yours is your favorite uh fictional character across the yeah world. yeah i almost went with batman at the last minute i was like oh no 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 pinhead i almost got a pinhead tattoo when i was in my Pinhead's pretty cool man almost and a friend talked he goes are you sure you want pinhead as a tattoo i mean give wait a little while sit on that one yeah i think it'd be pretty cool i've seen i've seen cool pinhead oh, yeah. tattoos i've seen like you know the hyper surreal or the hyper realistic uh uh tattoos yeah. and whatnot i've seen some pretty good portraits of them love some horror tats Gosh. Who was it, Matt? Did you have a favorite of the of the famous? Uh, I, I really loved watching Mike Myers. I Halloween was great, man. Mask, I, got, got a new, I think they got a new one coming out. The mask was William Shatner. The, the yeah. new one's out uh, this weekend. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Jamie Tonight. Lee Curtis is back. Yeah. Yep. Somebody told me, like, why don't you get Jamie Lee Curtis on your show? I'm like, oh, because she wants to do a show on a Friday night called Who's Your Sophisticated? Yeah, she what, might. Jamie, you never know. We're, we, are, we have huge reach these days. Stay, she's busy staying regular with her uh, activity. <laughs> she, she does love some activity. Uh, loves activity. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think mine, you know, I, I, I liked a lot of those those old movies, but it's really hard. I love that Freddie always brought a humor element. He was hilarious. To his thing. like, And actually, I felt like Freddie... Um, like the later ones that came out, like like Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, and everything, they were actually maybe just as good or better than the original because he really just played around with that comedy. There were some, I mean, some laugh out loud moments with the way that he screwed with kids in their dreams. Now it's weird because the kids are like taking pills and drinking soda to stay up. Like, it's like, smoke some meth. What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> well, it was Damn it was the eighties. It was the eighties. They were you know they weren't really privy to the to the ice yet. I don't think smoke crack. I'm good. Smoke no, crack. no, we do not condone <laughs> the use. Of you know drugs, what? Even if it's to avoid. Well, being I was to say, if if you Real knew mentor. if you <laughs> knew that if you fell asleep there was a good chance of you being murdered in your sleep. What's the better trade off there? Being a little. Cracked out or getting a, a knife glove stuck through your chest? Yeah, I think that's those know, are the those are the questions that keep me awake brainer. at night. That's what I'm wondering. Well, the thing about the Freddy movies, they did come off a little cartoonish. Totally. Yeah, yeah I, 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 mean, I agree like, with that. They weren't this. They weren't the scariest of the of the most bunch. creative for the time. Uh, but I, I had a lot of fun with them. Uh, Jason never really did it for me a whole lot. The uh, but the score did. Like you know, oh, the ch- ch- yeah ch- yeah. Uh, you know, I was definitely more on the Mike Myers train, though. Um, there, what was the what was a good one in the '90s? Can you think of a, a, a Candyman? I know, I know what you did. Candy all Man. these other ones. Candyman was a pretty uh, pretty scary one. Uh, the Leprechaun. Oh, those are terrible. The Leprechaun. Leprechaun in the hood. Leprechaun yeah. in space. Oh wow! I do love some Chucky. Oh, uh, dude. Chucky. Chucky freaked me out because I had a my buddy. And oh, you yeah, know really? what I mean? Like my little my buddy doll. Like I, I, I remember having it. My buddy and me. Yeah. Like yeah. and that's what Chucky was based on. Like he was like, Oh, there you go. Scream, Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch, did you like the ending of Blair Witch Project? I've never seen have I seen knows. it? Like, oh, I, I saw it at somebody I didn't watch the whole movie. I've seen like a big chunk of it and uh yeah, it was I mean imagine the profit margin for that movie. Oh, they for sure. They spent like for sure. I don't even know they how made much a fortune, they spent, but like a nothing. Video. They spent nothing. Maybe ten movie. grand. Yeah, and they made millions. Yeah, of just I, I just remember that they were uh, people were so upset with the way that that movie ended, and I remember seeing the ending, going, "Oh, yeah. that's terrifying." Yeah, like that. That actually made the before it was like almost a seizure to watch it, like because the cameras bouncing around all over, but kind of a tough watch. And that ending, I was like, "Oh, that was a payoff right there." I'm glad I sat through this. You know. Yeah, it's actually pretty crazy how they made that movie. They would actually uh, slip the actors' notes. Oh, yeah? But they didn't want the other actors to know what that actor knew. It's like, hey, start taking control of the situation. So that, you know, and they... Interesting. Yeah. Look up, like, they used all kinds of... It was very innovative, I guess you could say. They used GPS for the first time ever outside of the military. Yeah. Was to make that movie. I believe... Am I wrong about that? I have no I th- idea. I think that's... I think that was that's correct. Like, I don't know. That's interesting. If so, I, yeah. I, I love spending time in the woods, like hunting and yeah. hiking, whatever. And man, after watching that, I was like, ah, take me a little while to get back in the woods. Yeah, it's, it's going to take me a little for while sure. to go walking. For you, sure, you're yeah. a big fan of the Rob Zombie movies, like yeah. uh, Devil's Rejects or 
What was the What was the other one? Uh, Hell, uh, House of a Thousand, House of a Thousand Corpses. Corpses. I, not as horror movies, but just as a creative, fun movie to watch. Yeah, good soundtracks. Uh huh. Pretty good soundtracks. What about favorite old horror? Like old. Like who's your Who's your classic scary? Like if you If you If you yeah. could be a, 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 a classic scary monster, who would you be? A classic scary monster. You know what I mean? Like the Draculas, Frankenstein's, okay. mummies. Oh. You know, Wolfman. Like, I'd go with you know, a vampire. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like some something, something nice to that uh, immortality. Oh, I remember. I know what my. I see. It wasn't a scary movie, but my favorite one that's kind of under the radar B B movie, John Carpenter's Vampires. Did you guys ever watch that? James Woods no. was like employed by the church to be a vampire hunter. It's awesome, I dude. I loved not. it. That and the two Tales from the Crypt movies, the Demon Knight and uh, Bordello of Blood. Those were great. Those were awesome. Did you guys ever watch Sleepy Hollow? That TV show that came out. No. It was on like ABC or something like that, and it was like they went back and it was just time traveling, dude. It was really cool. Like, That's cool. He came back. Ichabod Crane came back to nowadays, and he was like helping solve crimes, and you know, it's it's crazy. It was really that cool. is neat. I liked it. Ichabod. There was a there was <laughs> actually one of the another great thriller. I wouldn't necessarily call it a horror movie. Was the um, it was the it had it had kind of a theory for who Jack the Ripper was. Oh yeah yeah. Um, from Hell, I think is what it was called. It was Johnny Depp. Yep. Plays a plays a detective that. that's like chasing the dragon. He's smoking all this opium yeah. and it's helping him to solve the opium. murders. And yeah. and uh, the royal family was somehow connected to Jack the Ripper. And oh, dude, it was pretty wild. I really did like that movie. That was a good flick. Yeah. It, ha- it, it was hard for me to see Bilbo Baggins because uh, he played a pretty pivotal character in that movie. It's hard for me to see him the same way. Anything else on the Facebook Live? There we got. Uh, we're just getting a lot of thumbs up. Uh, let's right, see. Thanks. Haunted Hill House on Netflix is really good. I have heard that, and I'm going to check it out. It's, I'm, I think I'm the only one at my house that's really kind of into the scary stuff. And, Are you going to do matters? like a Halloween edition of streaming picks next week? Ooh, I think that's I think that's what we ought to do. It's going to be fun. We're going. Yeah. Oh, we got. Well, let's. Here's here's a good here's a good question. Uh, it appears that our viewers quadrupled since Steve left. Um, <laughs> But uh, well, he's one of them. What is one Halloween movie you wish you'd never watched? Huh? I don't know. I get. I paid to see. I know what you did last summer, and I wanted my five bucks back or however <laughs> much it cost. Yeah, it's just like, oh, that was bad. So that's more of a thriller than a horror movie. Uh, that counts, know. though. I mean. I remember the first horror movie I ever saw as a child was Pet Cemetery, yeah. and I remember, like, my sister showed it to me, and my mom was mad because I didn't sleep for a few days. Ooh. I think I slept in my parents' room. I Matt, was you got very one? young. I, I've always felt dumber after watching the Scream franchises. Oh, I, every time I watch, take I was those dumber back. walking away. Yeah. First time I saw The Exorcist, man, it, it, I, I, could not, I could not blink for seven months without seeing her face after it turned green and you know the whole crucifix scene and everything. I swear, I'm not kidding you. I did never, I didn't blink one time for seven months without Bro. seeing her face. It haunted me. I was, I was uh, working late night, working all night shift, and I watched Emily, the Emily Rose, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, in an empty building. Exorcisms are tough. Oh, me. that was the, uh, the exorcism of Emily oh, Rose. Yeah. I didn't like that. It, the, the, it's just, like, they we spent should so do much of the movie in a courtroom. This has got me really fired up for next week's show. Oh, the yeah. three hour. Caesar. The three-hour Hoosier's Fist Gets Spooktacular. We're going to talk a lot about the Missouri Medical Cannabis Conference. Guys, this show has been brought to you by MoMed Canco, our newest sponsor, Parlor STL, Down in the Grove, and Tower Classic Tattoo, James Carlton State Farm, 
and Lifetime Roofing and Renovation. We sure appreciate you guys coming out here every Friday night, listening to us, having a good time, putting up with our ridiculousness. We're going to see you guys next week. Check out our merch. Go on HoosierSophisticate.com. There's some merch available on there. All of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thank you again for coming out here. Let's have a little fun next week. Be well, Hoosiers. At anyone's expense except their own, would they laugh if they knew who paid?